suing Governor DeSantis to reopen and save their bar businesses. Attorney for the plaintiffs, John W. Dill, gives the skinny. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Hello, listeners. Thank you for being here with me. Our show is about the reclosure of bars in Florida and a lawsuit underway to reopen them. But before we get to that, we need to thank our sponsor, NBI, the National Business Institute. Attorneys have trusted NBI with their CLA needs for over 35 years. Visit nbi-sems.com today and find out why. But don't forget to use that promo code LegalTalkNBI to get $100 off your next CLE course. All right. Thank you for joining us, John. How are you doing today? I bet it's a cooker in Florida. Yeah, it's a crisp, uh, I think 98 degrees and maybe 110% humidity. So it's, yeah, it's pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, John, thank you so much again for joining us. You know, and our show today is about, uh, you know, reopenings. And as I understand it from all the articles that I read about the matter is that Florida was in a process of reopening. And then there was a little bit of a spike in uh, coronavirus cases. And so Governor DeSantis decided to clamp down a little bit and reclose some of the bars. And some bar owners, your clients, have decided to file a suit. So why don't we use that as a jumping off point? Uh, you know, tell us how all of this got started, the history of your lawsuit getting filed. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, we went through, like most of the country did, went through a you know, a lockdown uh, where folks were, you know, uh, not even basically leaving their houses as opposed to going to essential essential trips to the store or what have you. Um, and then uh, in, I guess it was the end of May, uh, Governor DeSantis had loosened up a little bit on the opening and we went into his cause of the phase one. Our bars, my clients had put in place a bunch of social distancing that was required, had mask requirements, everything else. And then uh, I guess it was in June 26th, there was a spike. And when the spike took place, there was a lot of news coverage of young people in bars down in South Florida, especially. So the governor through the DBPR, which governs the bars, sent out an emergency order citing the fact that there have been a lot of young people in bars and basically saying, if you make more than 51% of your income from alcohol sales, you can no longer serve or you can no longer open your doors. And so the problem with that was that the restaurants that had bars, which are right two or three doors down from my clients and all over the city and all over the state are wide open and serving alcohol. And so our clients, uh, you know, we're kind of at their wits end and came to me, see what could be done. And we're making a constitutional challenge on the way that order has been drafted. Yeah. You know, the, the closures have definitely been a serious matter for a lot of people around the country. I just uh, read a report that U.S. restaurants, uh, this was a, um, a Yelp report, 53% of these restaurants that are now closed are going to be closed permanently. And so, you know, a very serious thing for these owners. I mean, it's lost revenue, you know, lives, you know, it's investment, it's a retirement, it's their future, and uh, they're not going to be able to financially recover from this. So I guess, you know, my question to you, just on a personal level, how are your clients doing as a general matter? Yeah, my clients have really had a hard time with this. Obviously, these are larger businesses, employ a lot of people, a lot of barbacks, servers, what have you. Many of them had business interruption insurance, which has been denied by the insurance companies, which is a whole other story. So they're they're really struggling and having to, you know, make capital calls, shut down businesses, lay people off, lay a lot of these line workers off, and who knows if they'll ever be able to rehire them. So it's been a real personal struggle for them, and they obviously 
want to do the right thing as well. Um, but it's, they're really at their the wit's end as far as help. Well, in terms of shutting the bars down uh, again, did the uh, did the government give any specific reasons as to why they were doing it? You know, they just cited that in the order itself that there had been many young people attending bars and these young people may have been responsible for the spike in the COVID-19. So therefore, they would close all the bars at that point. So we thought that was a bit of a, a leap without a lot of data. And uh, that was part of the problem we thought with the order as well. Yeah, you know, and I've been reading uh, just some reports around the country, doctors uh, weighing in just in how uh, new coronavirus cases are counted. And sometimes what happens in different states is that uh, someone will test positive for coronavirus. And then, of course, they'll they'll test them again immediately just to make sure it's not a false positive. And then they kind of test them periodically until the virus goes away. The problem is, is they don't differentiate that as the same person getting tested a bunch of times. They kind of throw it in the same category of new cases. And so it's a little bit of a misnomer depending on how they're counting. And I was just wondering if Florida was doing some of that double counting as well. We've heard big reports on that. There's a lot of, you know, complaints about whether the COVID cases, uh, you know, even in the hospitals are actual COVID cases and, and that goes in with the death. The testing here has kind of been all over the place. There seems to be a lot of access to testing, but then not a lot of access to the results for sometimes two or three weeks. So who knows if, who knows what the numbers are as of today, a lot of times. So it's, that's been problematic as well. And again, without a real straight system of what the testing is, what the turnaround time is, it's been difficult for people to get a handle on how many cases there actually are. Has Governor DeSantis given any specific timeline for reopening or provided any like, you know, once we get new cases down to this level, then we can reopen anything like that? No, not at all. Actually, the original plan was that going to phase two after 14 days of decreased cases. Now it seems to be that, well, we're not going to change anything and we're going to reopen schools. And that's really the big debate now. So I don't foresee a timeline or anything tied into data, at least nothing that he's revealed publicly, which again, makes it really hard for my clients because they can't say, let's just weather the storm for another two, three weeks. This is a kind of an indefinite situation for them. You know, we did an episode earlier uh, regarding Governor Pritzker being sued for uh, closures in Illinois, and uh, one of the uh, one of the cruxes of that discussion was the continuing authority to shut down. And so, uh, according to the lawyer I talked with, he was definitely outside his ability to, to do that on the timeline. And so, I guess is there any debate about the continuing authority, uh, whether it's Governor DeSantis or the Secretary of the Florida Department of Business and Professional Regulation? Are they still within their powers at this point, or have they expired? Well, I mean, the, the order itself is just as an emergency order, and it doesn't set forth the time period. I, you know, obviously, the governor has the ability to set forth these orders, and Mr. Bashirs, who's the, his secretary, is, has the ability to, you know, enforce them as well. But that's a good point. It's like, for how long? And how long is the emergency? How is the emergency defined? You know, there's nothing in the, the Constitution that gives them unlimited powers. And again, this is a due process argument for our clients. I mean, this is a property right they have. These liquor licenses are expensive <laughs> and also the ability to earn a living. And there's no hearing or time period to find out whether they're compliant. It's just an across the board closure. And that's really the kind of the, going back to the crux of why we have a constitutional argument, I believe. Now, as I understand it, your clients are not actually looking for monetary damages. So I guess what type of remedies are you seeking from the court? Yeah, I mean, it's a twofold reason on the monetary damages. Um, 
you know, we're not even sure if you can sue the state for this type of action. Sovereign immunities probably would apply. But also we're seeking a temporary injunction, which is an equitable remedy. And one of the requirements of that is that there is not an adequate remedy at law. So I've seen that some lawsuits around the country, people are looking for money from the state. I think that might defeat the purpose of trying to get the case ruled on. So we're looking for an injunction, basically enjoining the governor and the secretary from enforcing this order or having this order in place, and also a declaratory judgment determining that it's unconstitutional under our state constitution. Um, because they have the ability to do that uh, under the state constitution to determine a, a violation. Well, last question for you, John. You know, what's the current status of the lawsuit today? I know you're trying to get in front of somebody as quickly as possible. How how far have you uh, progressed since filing? Well, we've uh, thankfully got everybody served. Uh, I think Governor DeSantis was, or his office was just served today. We've asked for a, an emergency injunction. We filed it as an emergency pleading, so that means it gets kicked up to the judge to look at it, see if it sets the criteria, which we believe it does for a hearing. And we're hoping to get a hearing, you know, I was hoping to get it this week, but hopefully we can get it early next week. We have a a very bright judge and we know he's going to be pretty proactive, at least in reading the material. So we're, we're hoping to get something going here fairly quickly. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, John. And thank you listeners for tuning in. We'll cite our sources for this episode on our website at LegalTalkNetwork.com. Also, once again, thank you to our sponsor, NBI, the National Business Institute. You can find them at NBI-SEMS.com. Don't forget the promo code LegalTalkNBI to receive $100 off your next CLE. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) 